Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter. My mission is to empower people to become the best versions of themselves so that they can live their best lives. I'm redefining success so people stop living the lives they think they should live and start living the lives they love. Join me weekly as I share my own insights and speak with guests that have embraced their unique gifts into living life on their terms. I hope these conversations inspire you to make the most out of your life by being your best self. Remember, be you, be beautiful. Hey, you guys. So I'll be honest, this last week or so has been a little rough. I'm very excited about some new projects I have coming up, but I've been putting myself to the side and it's taken a toll on my mental health. Working on this podcast episode was a reminder that I needed to take care of myself. It's crazy how the universe provides exactly what we need when we need it. So I hope that this episode is what you need today. I'm joined by Mindy Reddick, an intuitive women's wellness coach, licensed massage therapist, finder of magic, self-love advocate, and founder of The Wellness Path. Mindy shares her experience with burnout, which I think we can all relate to, and how she recovered from burnout by recognizing her patterns and getting back to her roots. After getting out of burnout, Mindy is finally on the path that she is meant to be on, and it's amazing. In this episode, you'll learn about the power of crystals, clearing your chakras, trusting your intuition, and witchy wellness. Some of this was pretty new to me, and after speaking with Mindy, I'm excited to incorporate new ways to take care of myself, and I can't wait to hear how you are going to use some of these things as well. With so much going on in the world and everything on your plate, it's easy to slip into burnout. You'll walk away from this episode more prepared to avoid burnout, take care of yourself, and find your magic that needs to be put out into this world. Enjoy. Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. Mindy, thank you so much for being on the BU podcast today. Um, before we really get started, will you just take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Absolutely. First, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Um, so my name is Mindy Ruddick. I'm an intuitive women's wellness coach. I live in Massachusetts. Uh, more than just being a women's wellness coach, I'm also a licensed massage therapist, and I've worked in the wellness industry for probably longer than I'm really willing to admit. Um, <laughs> I grew up dancing. I grew up being an active person. And as the pandemic rolled around, this just seemed like a comfortable and appropriate shift over for me. Okay. Well, I'm excited to kind of learn more about that because it's interesting to be like, oh, the pandemic happened and I had a comfortable shift where everyone's like, ah, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, it is very interesting how it has worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us what, take us back to that. What, what were you kind of doing before and what happened? So as I mentioned, I'm a licensed massage therapist. I was on the massage therapy state board here in Massachusetts for a few years. I was looking to take the next logical step in my profession, and I became um, a massage instructor 
At the time, I was also a licensed esthetician. So I was also an aesthetics instructor. And I started teaching. Teaching is one of my loves. It is something I've always go back to in some form or another. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was the step I needed. This was about two years pre-pandemic. Okay. And as I went through that position, I stepped into a director of education role and burnout happened. Mm. As my burnout journey took place, I discovered I needed to take more time on myself. And now we're rolling into when the pandemic was starting to happen. So I'm a go, go, go person. And the pandemic for me being in Massachusetts, we went into lockdown relatively early in the process in March of 2020. And it made me, helped me focus on me, heal myself, work on myself and through that process, I started realizing, oh, teaching can kind of come back into this and I can work with and help and focus my talents, my energies, my loves in a new, in a new way, in a new place. And it, it opened up my eyes and it's just been an amazing journey since then. Yeah. I love that you saw, um, you know, like the beginning of lockdown as an opportunity to really focus on yourself. And I think a lot of us during that time, we all needed to slow down and focus on ourselves. And the pandemic was kind of like a huge wake up call. And, you know, not everybody was able to do that or, you know, not everyone like really took that time to do that when they probably needed to. So I'm glad that you did. And will you tell us a little bit like before that, when you were experiencing burnout, like what did that look like for you? What is, what does burnout mean to you? I am a perfectionist to a fault. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And any role I take on, I take on. And as I entered, teaching was fantastic. I loved working with the students, uh, but I wanted more. I wanted to be at the school more. I wanted to do more. So the position opened up and I was like, this is what I need to be doing right now. There's a reason this position to open up. Yeah. And initially I was full gung-ho. And of course, I didn't know burnout was going to be entering the picture. I kind of hindsight 2020. Mm-hmm. Now I see what my patterns were. My my first initial pattern when I started the process of burnout was all boundaries when it came to that job actually disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family is actively involved in martial arts. My youngest son competes all over New England. Oh, and cool. I... I was up in Maine at a karate tournament answering school emails on a Saturday afternoon. Ah, wow. So there was the first boundary kind of overstepping. Uh, Then I discovered, I started realizing I was eating lunch at my desk, if I was even eating lunch. Mm -hmm. School began at 9 a.m. I was at the school by 7 a.m. most mornings. Wow. And And when did you leave? (laughs) 
Um, it depended on the day of the week because of my children's being in karate. Some okay. days I was out of there by three, but I was still answering emails and doing everything until nine at night. Oh, wow. You're like, with like realizing like your boundaries were going away. I mean, how, how did that affect like your family life and everything? Um, my husband, I'm not going to lie, got a little bit. Um, he was very much as like, you need to start paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. You're not here. You're not home. One of the biggest things he taught me out of all of this is I don't have to be 100% accessible 100% of the time. Just because we have these little amazing devices in our pockets that connect us to the world does not mean an instant response needs to happen. Yeah. I'm still, oh. that's one I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think so many people can relate to that because it's hard to um, separate, you know, because we do get like instant gratification from like, oh, something's happening on our phone. Like who wants to contact us? But then if it is something like work related, then, you know, you feel like you have to answer it right away oh, or, absolutely. yeah. And I, I think that's just something they were still kind of learning and figuring out how to balance, keeping them, you know, a little bit more separated. And I, and especially during the pandemic, like when a lot of people are working from home, those lines got even more blurry. Cause it's just like, you're around your stuff all the time and you can work whenever. And yeah, so you definitely are not alone and having those boundaries blurred and taking over. It's, it was definitely a process and coming out of it. I have also realized my personal, um, my patterns, I'm, I seek approval. That's part of the perfectionism that gets me really negative. Um, I'm always, even though I might be doing a good job and if the right person is not telling me I am, Mm. I go into overdrive. And apparently at that time I was not getting the approval from the, my directly above me boss and it just it tailspun me because I then I had to do more and I wanted to do more and I wanted to show him and I wanted to show them and it just turned into not focusing on myself not focusing on my self-care my self-love or taking any time whatsoever to heal and be me right and so you know, looking back at it, you know, you can see the patterns that were happening, but when you were in it, like, did you really realize that you were in this like burnout stage or was it kind of like coming out of it? You're like, oh man, that's what was happening in it. I was blind to it. Yeah. Even when my husband would point out things to me, I would get mad at him Hmm. because I didn't realize that it was me. Like I took, that was totally like a projection moment. Didn't realize what he was saying or didn't want to hear it, I guess is a better way of saying it. And looking back, I definitely see it. And that's why one of the reasons why I work with women on helping them to see these patterns mm-hmm. and to identify the patterns are going to be different in every person. We're all different, but my patterns, someone might relate to, and someone might say, you know what, 
my sleep cycle has been really messed up lately. And I really have been focusing on that. That's something I can relate to. And if it opens someone's eyes, then that's a step forward for what I'm doing right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, what, what you've said, I'm like, Yep. I relate that to that. I understand that. So I know plenty of listeners are going to feel the same way. Um, and so I'm curious, like, you know, you went through burnout and then you've, you know, um, overcome that through like taking care of yourself. Do you still experience burnout or like, I guess, notice when it's creeping up? I definitely am more aware of it now. I'm more aware of how I start feeling. Mm -hmm. And I also notice the pattern in how I start talking about things. So if I start complaining about something a lot, I know I have to take a step back. Yeah. If I'm feeling like I can't get to this because I've spent too much time on that, I know I need to take a step back. For with me, it's all about a balance. Mm-hmm. And as long as I feel that balance, I feel successful. I feel like this is the process. As soon as something shifts one way or the other, I definitely know I need to focus on me. Last week, I just had a day where I was like, I just felt <laughs> inside. I didn't know why. I didn't know who it was aimed at. I didn't know where it was coming from. So yeah. I just went and I meditated. And I really focused on what I was feeling. I still don't know why. I didn't still don't know who it was aimed at, but I was able to move past it. Yeah. And not just stay in that angry and let it like ruin the rest of my day. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that and share that um, because I was just looking at something and it was just basically like, yeah, you can have those feelings of like being angry at something and like not knowing why, but you can just move past it. And whereas for me, it's like when that happens to me, like I kind of get, go through a cycle of like, well, why am I angry? Like I got to figure this reason out. And then it's like, I get more frustrated and angry. And it's just kind of like, well, does it matter if I can just move on? (laughs) So yeah, I like that you were able to, you know, meditate and keep going. One of my biggest thoughts behind it that like definitely give it some attention, Mm -hmm. but don't over give it attention. Just like I'm the type of person if, if, and when someone tells me they're dieting and they ask me what my approach on dieting is, first of all, I kind of run the other way, but then I'm (laughs) like, I don't, I don't deny myself anything. Yeah. Just like, I'm not going to deny myself that feeling. The mm-hmm. feeling is happening. The feeling is there for a reason. The feeling is there to tell me something. It's something to learn from. Now, my where I've worked with intuition so much, my intuition is now tell is now taking over and wanting to find out the why, the reason, the mm-hmm. root cause, I guess. And sometimes there isn't one. Yeah. And that's when we release it. We release that energy because it's no longer serving us and mm-hmm. we can move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah. You can still have that and acknowledge it, but then yeah, like determine, you know, that you can release it if you can't, you know, really figure out what it is. Cause then, yeah, it's really not serving you anymore. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's just creating that there's that pattern. And so 
you know, you had said that, um, because of lockdown, like that's really when you were kind of forced to focus on yourself. Was it, I guess, take me through what that was like, where you begin, where you, had you already begun to kind of see yourself as burning out or was it like, what do I do with my time right now? Thankfully, I had already left the position and I had been out of that position for about six months. So I was in recovery mode okay. and I had gone back to uh, massaging a few days a week, mm-hmm. but that, that still wasn't really what I really, that, that teaching part of me was really still missing. So I started um, looking into different aspects and different ways I could look into teaching and helping and still working with people. And I started taking little courses here and there. The first one I took was a meditation course to help um, instruct meditation, something I've always had um, interest in, just hadn't had the time to do it. Um, Another thing I had already been always been interested in is crystals and rocks and stones and um, that type of thing. And I got to take a crystal healing course and I really focused on that aspect of it. And while I was learning all of this, it's healing me at the same time. Yeah. While I'm learning to instruct meditation, I'm being forced to meditate more frequently. Although forced is probably a bad word. (laughs) Um, I also, throughout the process, I became a certified yoga instructor And this whole, this side of the wellness has just really spoken to me. I call myself a self-love, self-care advocate, because if we first don't love ourselves, what are we sharing with the world? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I totally agree with that. And I'm like, everything, it it starts with you and you've got to love yourself and take care of yourself to be able to, you know, actually do something for others and have an impact. Absolutely. I hear that from a lot of women that that's one of the reasons, I mean, I focus on women because I am one and I have children and I've gone through this process of growing up and forgetting myself and forgetting that little girl I once was. And I, I'll do a post somewhere and someone will be like, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so much of you know, the things that help us and are good for us. It's like, we've already heard that or we know it. It's like, we just need to remind ourselves of it. So yeah, that's why I love like when people keep putting, even if it might be like the same stuff out there, whatever, you've got your own twist on it. It's like, people need to keep hearing those good things and be reminded of like what works and, you know, to take care of themselves too. It's like, sometimes you would think it'd be easy to just take care of ourselves, but for some reason, it's not. It's like we need reminders and we need to create habits and stuff around it. It's absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was curious about, you know, with um, getting your certifications to um, instruct like meditation and with the crystal healing and yoga, like, were you just kind of looking to see like what you could teach and would enjoy? Or did you think that these all things, all these things would go together. Like, I'm just kind of curious about like how you did all of this. In my crazy messed up mind, it all goes together. (laughs) (laughs) I have always been drawn to, I guess I call it witchy wellness, the witchy side of things, the natural (laughs) side of things. 
Um, ever since I was very little, I've always been drawn to nature. I was first exposed to the witchy side of the world uh, in my freshman year of college. My best friend at the time opened my eyes to that type of spiritualism. And it has always just really spoken to me and who I am. And it really made sense to go back to that. And as I went back to that, I felt more me than I have in a very long time. And I now call myself, because of that, I call myself a finder of magic. Everybody has a spark, has that little something inside of them. Can call it what you want. I call it magic. And I help find that magic, remind that magic, bring that magic back out. Because if we're not living our true, authentic, what we were meant to live life, Mm -hmm. then we're never going to find that balance, that place of peace and calm and what we need yeah oh and I'm curious of kind of like when you say witchy wellness we just kind of explain that a little bit more because I feel like people can hear that and think all different sorts of things but I'm curious like what it actually means to you it takes my brain all over the place um I, for me, witchy wellness is, is going back to my roots, going back to what feels comfortable with me and what is feel comfortable with me is nature and natural and free flowing and just already present. Yeah. But just not uncovered completely. It can take a metaphysical twist. Like when I'm looking up the crystals and the, the energies that they have, it goes a little bit more metaphysical. It goes a little bit more into the energy level, energy side of things. And that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me, I'm very curious about crystals. I honestly have no idea about them. And I see people like, you know, with their crystals and like, they're pretty. And like, I know there's some sort of energy towards them, but like, I, I, I like have zero knowledge. So, (laughs) so tell us more about like, what's the deal with crystals? Like you said it best (laughs) so far, they're pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So everything is energy. We are energy. The foods we eat are energy. The world around us is energy. Crystals come from nature. They have their own energetic properties to them. And if we don't even like believe in that side of things, like you said, they're pretty. Pretty yeah. things make us happy. Pretty things change the energy of the space around us. Pretty things make us smile, make us feel peaceful, make us feel calm. So the crystals bring in these properties on their own, but it's also how they just kind of naturally make us feel. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's, it's simple. I like it. And so what, um, like if you were to like recommend someone like a little crystal starter pack, (laughs) is there like a favorite crystal that you have? My favorite all-time crystal is probably one of the most basic crystals out there. It is clear quartz. Okay. And why is it your favorite? Um, I've always been extremely drawn to it. It's, it's natural properties are healing, 
amplifying and energizing. So anything that you can, it just, it helps the healing process in your body. It helps focus your thoughts in a healing type direction. It, yeah, it's my go-to girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And when you're talking about crystals, like do you just kind of have them around? Do you wear them? Um, do you yes, hold them? Yes. <laughs> I, in my office right now, I am pretty much surrounded about 360 degrees with crystals. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I typically always have a pouch of crystals in my pocket or on my hip. I have crystal necklaces. I make macrame that have crystals involved in them. Oh, cool. I, yeah, my world is crystals. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. And then, so tell me more about what it's like to be an intuitive women wellness coach. Like what, what is that? So the intuitive side of it goes more towards the energetic side of things. Mm -hmm. I'm not really going to talk to you about nutrition or what needs to be going in your body. I'm going to talk to you more about how you're going to treat your body with self-care, with self-love, with healing from inside. I do a lot of chakra work, helping to balance our chakras and keeping an alignment there. What happens when we feel an imbalance and things like that, how we can focus back. I also work a lot with movement. I'm a former dance teacher. I'm a current martial artist as well as yoga instructor. And to me, movement is one of the purest things we can do for ourselves. And it's really easy to do. And it's really very intuitive to do. So I I talk to my clients about making sure they're getting up, they're moving, they're focusing on these things. I like to say wellness is more than just the amount of water you're drinking. (laughs) It goes deeper. It needs to go deeper. And it's what I, I try to help women see that. Like we release blocks, we focus on things, changing the patterns in our lives so that we're not continually quote unquote, making the same mistakes. Right. Yeah. And so, um, when it comes to chakras and releasing that, like, what is, is that, do you do that through meditation or what does that look like? We approach it in a few different ways. Meditation is absolutely, definitely one of the ways um, that I go into it. I also do crystal healing sessions with clients. They're similar to Reiki. But I actually place crystals on each of the person, the client's chakras, and I use pendulums that are attuned to each chakra to help clear and balance and release energies. Um, But it also just goes um, educating people and talking to them about their chakras and what an open chakra might look like, what an overactive chakra might look like, or even an underactive chakra might look like. Some of these patterns we're seeing in our lives as we're moving through the world can kind of be traced back to that. Like if you're having trouble speaking your mind and using your true voice, might want to look into what your throat chakra is currently looking like and going on in there. I'm just like, you're kind of like, these are all things that like, I've kind of, you know, like I see on like Instagram and stuff, but I'm like, 
I like have no idea. <laughs> so like, you're just kind of like opening the door for me. So I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> what might be like another example um, of someone that, you know, is overusing or underusing a chakra? So our sacral chakra um, ties a lot to creativity. So if you are feeling a block or you're not feeling a creative flow coming as easily, then you want to focus on your sacral chakra, which the color that is represented by that is orange. And so by wearing orange, you can kind of help release that. Working with orange crystals can kind of help release that as well. But even just focusing on that knowledge that, oh, this is where my creativity center is. And it's not really working very well lately. You can kind of start even just playing around and figuring out what the next step for you is. Yeah. And then I'm kind of curious with like figuring out like what the next step is for you. I think that kind of goes back to like your intuition a little bit. And so I also kind of want to dive into the intuition part of like what you do and what that looks like and how women can trust their intuition. Cause I feel like, I mean, for me, like I'm, I always second guess myself and I Mm -hmm. need to work on (laughs) trusting my intuition. (laughs) So I I will say that that this one was a tough one to learn to trust myself was one of the hardest things for me to do. And so I started just repeating the, I trust myself Mm. affirmation or mantra when I was having moments of doubt or moments of perfectionism kicking in (laughs) and it just kind of helped release that. So intuition is something every single person has inside of them. It's, I compare it actually sometimes to like the pilot light. I chuckle because it's like the pilot light on your, on your furnace. It's always Mm -hmm. on. It's never really going to go. It shouldn't go out. And sometimes it gets a little smaller, but sometimes we have to feed it to get that a little bit bigger. Hmm. And the more we trust it, the more we lean on it, the more open we become to it, the more we get, the more that starts coming from it, the more we remember what it's like to trust ourselves. You're not going to you're not going to send yourself astray. We have a a women's class at our karate school. Mm -hmm. And the first time people come in, they'll say, well, I don't want to get hurt. Okay. Well, if you don't want to get hurt, then don't get hurt. If you don't (laughs) want to get hurt, there's going to be something keeping you from getting hurt. So that's what you have to listen to. If you get hurt, it's because you forgot to listen to that. I'm not going to let you get hurt. Right. (laughs) But you're the one who's going to create your own boundary. You're the one who's going to need to say, oh, nope, that's too much for me or anything like that. And, you know, that kind of just makes me think of like that our first instinct is, you know, I don't want to get hurt. And because I think there, you know, is like power with like what you um, with your words and like what your mindset is. So it's like already having that mindset about getting hurt, like 
I feel like there's something to that of like, you might actually get hurt then because you're kind of expecting Absolutely. it. You're you not already put, you put that out there. That thought was not in the universe. You right. put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. And yes, it def- it sounds like it's really just something that you need to just start tapping into. And um, as you said, like le- lean on it more. And the more that you do, you'll just kind of get back into actually trusting it. And I mean, why do you think that it is so hard for us to trust our intuition? Um, I definitely have a thought and a theory on that because as we're, when we're children, Mm -hmm. when we're first little, little, and we're free spirits and we get to do, we get to explore, we get to understand we're free. And as we age and we grow up and we go through different things in life, different rules, different boundaries, different regulations start coming at us. And we slowly shift from a follow my instinct to a listen to the rules. Hmm. Listen to what's being told of me. I'm a girl. Girls don't do this. I'm, I'm short that I can't do this. As opposed to listening to my intu- intuition that, all right, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I can't. I have my black belt now, like just because I'm a yeah. girl, <laughs> I'm awesome. just because I'm short doesn't mean that I'll ever not amount to something in my life. So mm-hmm. we have to, unfortunately, it's, yeah, those judgments, those rules, those regulations, sometimes they are self-inflicted mm-hmm. and yeah. we have to, those are the walls, the, the, um, the blocks that we kind of have to get through sometimes and the intuition's there. Yeah. And I'm curious because um, you said you had a son. Do you have other kids? I do. I have two sons. Okay. And so are you um, like, how are you teaching them about like intuition and all of this stuff? Like, are you, do you talk to them about it now? Oh, or? I, I absolutely do talk to them about it. At first it was mom's weird is how I would start the conversation. Like, hmm, we can have a weird conversation right now. One of my sons, actually, I catch him. I have to go in his room and get my crystals back from time to time. Um, my other son, he's open to it, but kind of in his own way. I'm not going to force anything upon anybody, especially my own children. Right. But we're definitely... Both my boys understand the importance of meditation and mindfulness and how it can change our mindset and focus us a little differently. Um, Do they think I'm crazy half the time? Probably, but most kids do think that. I mean, my boys are 13 and 15. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anything you do is weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, even though they might not, you know, fully be... I mean, it sounds like they like do understand a little bit and, you know, are kind of interested. So it's like, you're obviously setting a good example for them now. And I mean, I just know other like people listening, you know, they're, they have kids and want to be able to set an example for their kids by taking care of themselves. So absolutely. I, I have a little pop-up shop that I set up from time to time at different artisan fairs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was at a local town wide celebration recently and I sell crystals and things like that at the pop-ups. And yeah. I kept joking that I was popular amongst the 12 to 17 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I'm actually really excited that that's 
the age group that is really drawn to my stuff right now, because that's the age, that's when this stuff has become so important, when we're changing and going through all these changing and self-love does not become in the vocabulary. It leaves the vocabulary that these girls, I mean, boys in general as well, but I get a lot of girls. Right. And just to know that even the littlest bit, that little conversation I had with that one girl about that one crystal has opened her eyes. And now she's like, Oh, I have to focus on myself. It's just, it's, it's powerful. It's scary, but it's so amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm always about like, you know, I want to, um, like spread positive messages and like Mm -hmm. help people where they are now. But I'm always just like when people can do something for, like the younger generation and young girls, I'm just like, yes, teach them young because like, this is what I wish I had when I was their age. And especially when times are hard and and you're like developing. Yeah. That's one of the things like as with, with women, I'm going through healing processes with them. We're healing these wounds. We're healing these issues, these things that are coming up, but this generation coming up, they're not even, they're learning to not create these wounds. They're learning to overcome before they have to deal. And they're learning to focus and take the time to put that process in. So maybe healing becomes less of a necessity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's more, I mean, I guess kind of like just like maintenance and maintaining and keep like up-leveling your spirit and your energy. Man, if people keep up-leveling, this is going to be crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm excited to see what the world's going to look like. Yeah. And so what advice would you give someone who realizes like, I think I'm in burnout mode right now. Like after listening to this and like relating to these patterns, like what is something that they can do? Like what's the first step they can do to recover from burnout? First of all, it's to find the why. Hmm. Why are you in burnout? Is it because like I was trying to seek approval and I just went into overdrive? Yeah. Is it because like, what's your why? Finding that why sometimes unravels everything and it just releases Sometimes finding that why opens your eyes. Is it because your job is stressing you out too much? You're working too much. You're there too much. Then you'll see what boundaries need to start being in place. For me, the way I healed my, started the healing my burnout is I left the position. Now that's not the answer for everyone. Sometimes burnout is because we're home and we're taking care of a loved one and we can't leave. Mm -hmm. But finding that why is a huge step. And that can be, you can find that by meditating, just taking time out for you, sitting in nature. The answers will come. We just have to be open to the answer. I know mid burnout, if you had told me in burnout, I was, that's where I was. I, no, I wasn't. I was doing my job. So it's, Coming to the realization yourself is big. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's like, you definitely have to be open to it as well. Like nothing's going to change if you're not open to figuring it out and open into taking the next steps to change it. That's huge. If anything I'm saying is resonating or you're hearing, oh, that's me, that's you definitely need to just don't act abruptly, but take some time, even even take a mental health day from work and kind of give yourself a data. All right, this is unraveling. Why? This is what I'm feeling. Why? Yeah. And if someone is like resonating with you and what you're saying, like, where can they find you, um, you know, to be their coach or just connect with you and follow you for some resources? Well, I'm definitely on the socials, (laughs) Um, um, Instagram and Facebook. I'm, you can find me to the wellness path, WWC. That is the short version of my name. I have a website, the wellness path, WWC.com. And you can most definitely email me at the wellness path, WWC at gmail.com. And I will respond appropriately. <laughs> Might be immediately, but that's if it's during my business hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if it's after business hours, she's not going to respond because she's got her boundary. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I'll definitely put all of that in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And what like impact do you want to have on the world or like what message do you want to leave with people? Um, I, it goes back to self-love with me, um, in finding, in finding your true self, you're going to refine that self-love. It's there. It's inside of you. It might not feel it all the time, but it, that's where it all has to begin and has to come from. And then we'll be us. Yeah. I love it. And how has being yourself impacted your life and, you know, your success that you have? Finally being who I'm meant to be. Oh, I might get emotional. This is kind of crazy. Is it's, it's an amazing feeling. I I set up one of my pop-ups last week at a day spa I used to work at. And my former boss came up to me and she's like, it's about time, Mindy. I worked with for her for 10 years. Wow. And she's like, it is about time. And the amount of people I've been hearing that from, it's just been like amazing. It's about time we're seeing you shine. (laughs) I love that. I mean, you're giving me all the feels. (laughs) So it's, it's taken me, I'm 42. It's taken me 42 years to finally let everybody in the world experience this side of me. And it's amazing. I don't want to say it's too late because it's only the beginning. Yeah. You're just getting started and I love it. (laughs) I love that you are being yourself and that you have, you know, found this self-love that then just radiates that you can help other people and teach other people all these amazing things so that they can find the magic in themselves and find that spark. 
it's there. Thank you for listening to the BU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at beautifulchick or on my website, beautifulchick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful. <laughs>